You're listening to the Gov Future podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we speak with Lou Eichenbaum, DOI Zero Trust Program Manager, Office of the Chief Information Officer at Department of the Interior. We discuss the concept of zero trust and how is it evolving at DOI, how DOI stays up to date with evolving technologies to effectively mitigate risks, and how the shift to zero trust involves rethinking traditional security models. Lou also provides some advice and best practice based on the DOI's experiences in implementing a zero trust environment. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Gov Future podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And for many of you who have been listening to Gov Future for a while, you know we've been having some pretty fantastic conversations on some amazing topics. Of course, hard to not have a conversation about AI these days. It's like the topic of every conversation. But I think, you know, so many of our fascinating conversations about automation and analytics a lot of cyber stuff, a lot of great things about IT modernization. And it's not just with our community that's at, say, the U.S. federal government folks, both civilian and defense, but we've had some pretty remarkable conversations with folks at the state and even local level. And if you're new to the Gov Future podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the really interesting things we've had with the court system of New Jersey, uh, Maricopa County, what they're doing with some amazing stuff on generative AI. I'm like, wow. So uh, I think it's really amazing to hear all this innovation happening in all these places. And well, that's what we do here on the Gov Future podcast, is that we're here trying to help you learn and share all these insights on how different government agencies are adopting transformative technology and helping your listeners and even our Gov Future members learn the latest innovations and best practices to stay ahead of innovation in the public sector. And for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with the GovFuture community, it's the fastest growing community of government innovators. You can learn more at GovFuture.com, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But we really do try and bring together all levels of the public sector ecosystem so that everybody can learn what's going on and maybe even apply some of that to what you're doing at your organization. So for today's podcast, we're excited to have with us Lou Eichenbaum. DOI Zero Trust Program Manager, Office of the Chief Information Officer at Department of the Interior. Welcome, Lou, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and now your current role at the Department of the Interior. Uh, sure. So as you mentioned, I currently work at the Department of Interior in the office of the CIO. I am the, the department's Zero Trust Program Manager. In that role, I report to our CIO, Darren Ash. Uh, Darren is the executive sponsor for uh, Zero Trust, and it's it's his job to uh, define our vision and, and overall strategy for Zero Trust. It's my job to carry out his vision, develop our DIY-wide strategies, work with several people call across the department to ensure that we are moving towards zero trust and implementing it in the right way. Uh, so I've worked at DOI for a little over 20 years now. I've held several different IT roles in that organization. Uh, I was previously the acting CISO for a period of time there for the department. That was that was fun, well, I'll just say. 
Uh, prior to that, I was the deputy CISO. Um, I've also worked in other bureaus and offices in DOI. I worked for the Bureau of Land Management for a period of time as their chief information security officer. I was also the chief information security officer at the Office of Surface Mining, Reclamation, and Enforcement. Um, so again, I have a, a you know a, a lot of experience working in IT across uh, DOI. I've built a lot of great relationships. I think DOI is the best place in federal government to work. I love the mission. I love the people we work with. And I think we have a very great team that is right now working together to, to develop effective strategies, capabilities, technologies to support zero trust. Um, and I do want to say something, you know, because Ron was talking a lot about, I guess you focus a lot of things on IT modernization. And so zero trust for DOI is not just a cybersecurity thing. For us, it touches everything we do, all aspects of IT across the department. Uh, we look at it as a driver for modernization. You know, it's driving us to modernize our infrastructure, modernize our applications so that, you know, number one, yes, we're improving security, but we're also able to better deliver services to our customers, the citizens who pay us to, to provide these services. So again, happy to be here. Glad we're talking about this. And uh, yeah, let's let's keep going. Yeah. And uh, we also think that there's a lot of great things happening at the Department of the Interior. We've had a, uh, some great interactions in, on uh, other podcasts as well uh, with uh, Andrea Brandon, who has been talking about all the really cool innovation that's happening. It has to have a great innovation lab, which is kind of neat. We love that stuff. And uh, Katie uh, McCulloch as well, who's uh, told us about all these RPA bots you got going on. So just want to tell our listeners, we got some good coverage here and all the great stuff going on at DOI. So maybe let's talk a little bit about zero trust because that's a lot of obviously what you're focused on. And we hear a lot of conversations about zero trust. And we know that, you know, it's a it's a it's a concept, it's a philosophy, it's a lot of things all wrapped up into one, the whole idea of trying to maintain security and safety of our most critical assets. And of course, data now being so critical to everything that we are doing. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how you see, you know, zero trust and how it's evolving within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it may help to give you a little bit about my story about how I got into zero trust and how my thoughts and ideas have evolved. Because uh, basically, uh, when OMB 2209 came out in January 22, almost two years ago, I was tapped on the shoulder to say, you know, they came to my, my CIO at the time said, Lou, we need to put a team together to develop a response to 2209. And as you know, 2209 defined 24 zero trust goals that federal agencies had to achieve, most of them by the end of FY24. Um, so that's what I did. I put together a DOI wide team and said, hey, we need to we need to figure out how to respond to these. And I'll be I'll be honest, at the time we were very technically focused um, because these were technical things we had to implement. Uh, it was a brilliant strategy by OMB, quite honestly, because it we've been talking about zero trust for a long time, but federal agencies had not made a lot of movement. So they gave us specific foundational goals that we had to achieve. So again, we put this team together and we developed the plan and delivered it to OMB. But at, at the end of that, after we delivered that plan, we said, you know what, this this is great. This is helping us develop foundational goals, but it's not a full strategy for zero trust. We need to really figure out what that is. So I was then asked to say, hey, continue on. We're going to make you the zero trust program manager. Continue building a team across the department that can help us define what is our long-term strategy for DOI? What are the capabilities we need? What are our funding requirements? 
So um, initially, uh, I created a team, the Zero Trust Strategy Team, which had representatives from all bureaus and offices across DOI. DOI is a federated IT environment, like many federal agencies, so we have to work collaboratively to develop these things. So we created this initial team. We started talking about it. What is Number one, what, what is zero trust? You know, for me, initially, I was like, hey, we need to buy Sassy. We need to buy this tool and do these things. Um, and so eventually we realized, hey, it's not, it's not, this is not a technology problem. This is a problem about people, processes, culture. Like you said, Ron, it is, zero trust is a, is a strategy for how you manage all of your IT um, uh, components, right? It is a philosophy. It is a mindset. So I took a step back and said, I want to learn as much as I can about zero trust. And I, you know, I, uh, I went to, you know, I went to John Kindervog and I read everything by John Kindervog and I, uh, I got a chance to build a relationship with him, which, you know, I'm very proud of. I, I personally consider him a friend. I don't know if he agrees with that, but uh, I will say that, but I really started by looking at what he talked about, what, 10 years ago, and it's, these principles still apply today. And so we built we wanted to build a strategy where it wasn't about implementing new technologies it was about implementing zero trust principles into everything we do so again we built this strategy team we built um additional pillar teams that report up to the strategy team aligned with CISA's zero trust maturity model um and you know today this team has evolved over time it took a while but today we have um as of today we have 107 people across the department of interior that are part of this zero trust organization that are supporting us in developing strategies, um, capabilities, and, and technology solutions for zero trust. Yeah, I like that you bring up, you know, we always talk about people, process, and technology. And technology usually is not the hard part to change its people and processes. Um, but you're right. Also, a zero trust isn't something that you buy, right? It's something that you do. So you need to understand what it is and then move forward with your strategy. So how are you staying up to date with how Zero Trust is emerging and evolving over time? And maybe also, how are you staying up to date with the evolving technologies to effectively mitigate risks and maintain a strong cybersecurity posture? Yeah, um, great question. So, you know, we in DOI for years have been moving towards modernization, right? There was a lot of initiatives that were ongoing way before zero trust was something that we we took we made a priority you know like you know cloud for example you know cloud you know when cloud first cloud smart you know we've had we've been you know trying to you know take advantage of the cloud for a long time uh but it's been slow rolling so zero trust has helped been a catalyst for us to really you know move these things to the cloud because it makes it easier for us to implement zero trust so from a technology standpoint, we in DOI, we have, as of today, we have not invested, we have not invested any money in new technologies to support zero trust. We we have every tool we need to do it today. We just need to take these tools, implement zero trust principles to, to make them work. Um, I, you know, with that said, you know, we there are new and emerging technologies. AI, everyone talks about AI all the time. And we see so much potential for AI. And our, you know, we have we're we're in the process now. We have right now that's something that falls under our chief data officer, but we're in the process of looking organizationally to see how do we really want to manage AI across the department. We're looking at do we need an AI chief, you know, 
something like that. We want to figure out how to take better advantage of AI. I see a lot of potential in zero trust, particularly in the areas of log analytics, right? Because logging is a nightmare for everyone in, in, in federal government. You got all these logs, they go into a SIM and, you know, it's, what, what do you look at? You know, what do you look at? What do you need to look at? How do you make decisions on this? Leveraging technologies like AI, you know, ideally we can automate these processes so that we, you know, we can collect the logs we need, you know, to make policy decisions, leveraging orchestration to dynamically make access decisions in real time, which would be huge for, 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 for us, obviously. Um, but I think right now, I think, you know, particularly like with gener generative AI, which is, you know, Oh my God, so much, so much potential for that, right? But you know, Chat GPT, it's it's one year old. And it's we're already getting, you know, we get these several people across the department saying, Hey, we need it, we need AI, we need it now. We're like, okay, what do you need it for? And they're like, we don't know, but we need it right now. So it's it's really about being smart, you know, developing use cases where AI can really help us, right? So we're we're looking at all, you know, we're continuing to look at all of these new emerging technologies. To, to ensure that we're we're taking advantage of them, we're leveraging them to help us, not just with our zero trust program, but with our overall, you know, modernization efforts. And ultimately, you know, zero trust, everything we do, modernization, it's all ultimately about us supporting our mission and ensuring that they're able to deliver, you know, great solutions to our customers. Yeah, that's important. You know, delivering the mission, because we have things that we need to get done with our lives and do them in the most effective, efficient way possible and reducing risk. And yeah, this is this is the great story of what we're trying to achieve in general with this idea of digital transformation, making all of our systems just so much more uh, robust and connected and effortless and all the things that we are trying to achieve. It's a it's a it's a goal. It's a goal. <laughs> it's a direction we're heading. Uh, so I guess let's talk a little about that because when we talk about these goals and sort of like the shift and a lot of a lot of uh, zero trust, as you know, requires like a shift in thinking and a shift in mentality and moving from the perimeter to the to to not thinking about the perimeter so much as the place where uh, the security happens, if as it, as it were, right? So let's talk a little bit about some of those challenges that you might have encountered as you've made this transition. You know, in terms of obviously did some technology challenges, but as we know, people and process challenges as well. So maybe to to the ones that you can share with our audience, you know, some of those challenges and maybe how you uh, got around some of those issues. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm great question because. Our biggest challenge with zero trust in, in the Department of Interior is not technology, it's not funding. It is changing the culture of DOI to you know, embrace zero trust principles and understand what we're doing. As you mentioned, for you know, DOI, like everyone else in federal government, for years we've relied on our network perimeter to provide security to all of our IT resources. You know, the, the old castle and moat model, you know. You know, the idea was, hey, if you're sitting inside the network, we've, we've built all these security controls around it, you're safe. We know that not been effective, you know, and in, in, I can give several stories. I won't. It's not an effective solution. We need to implement security controls as close as we can, appropriate security controls based on, you know, the risks, impacts of our systems, our applications, our data, put them as close as they can so that Again, you're not relying on this perimeter where someone can just hop into your network, compromise the the, the most vulnerable device in your network, and then move laterally to, to compromise these devices. So, 
So again, from a technology perspective, it's not that's not our huge challenge. It's the cultural change where we've had people for years managing this environment. And they're like, zero trust. What what is that? That sounds like a well, it's just a new marketing thing, you know, that's that, you know, that doesn't mean anything to us. We've been doing this for years. We know what we're doing, you know. So it's really about one of the biggest things that I am trying to do, and it's it's taken a while, and we're still working on it, is really educate every IT professional just IT professional, but also our HR organizations, you know, our finance organizations, our our mission support, educating them on this is what zero trust is. It's not just a cybersecurity concept. It 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 you know impacts everything we do. And you know it will improve your services, whether it's you know ensuring improving availability, you know, improving the integrity of your data, uh, it will improve your services. But getting that information out to our a network engineer who's been managing you know the network for twenty years, it it it's it's difficult right for them to to embrace and understand. So we're we're trying to educate. Um, one of the things that we've done to help with that, we've established a DOI wide zero trust community of practice. We have close to five hundred members. We do monthly meetings where we try to present informative information to the group. And I mentioned you know Mr. John Kindervog. He was. We were lucky enough to have him join us in October for our October meeting. He briefed. Uh, it was nearly 400 people across DOI got to get. We were able to get his briefing on the basics of zero trust, which again for me still apply today. So again, it's educating people on this is what zero trust is. It's not about hey, we're going to tear down your networks and implement SASE. It's about ensuring we're putting the right controls in the right place to protect our applications. And as you mentioned, data, that's our most critical asset, you know, uh, implementing those things as close as we can so that we're securing the right assets. Yeah. And that segues nice into my next question, because you're right. Data is so critical and so important. And I think anybody that works in or around the government knows that you just have large amounts of data. So how does DOI manage data security? Well, um, that's a difficult question. I think data is one of the other areas where, where it, you know, we have big challenges across federal government. You know, data, you know, beca- you know, a couple of years ago, we we hired our first chief data officer and he's he's great. He's he's been developing strategies. We recently, over the last couple of years, we've required all our bureaus and offices to hire associate chief de- data officers. So they are building strategies around that. And I work very closely with our, our chief data officer to make sure we're in sync, we're working together to build the right um, you know, security to protect our data. But the reality is today, we're still working on categorizing all our data. We have structured data, unstructured data, spread, you know, DUIs, you know, we're spread all over the country. We have it all over the place. So we're developing strategies to ensure that we have all of our data categorized. And we, you know, we have specific milestones and, and goals to achieve that. Um, we are implementing, we have implemented a tool that will allow us to automatically tag our data so that, you know, we, you know, every, you know, every piece of data is appropriately tagged. And then ultimately the goal of zero trust is we want to be able to use those tags, um, and, you know, associate that with our identity management solutions so that, you know, based on someone's identity attributes, we can limit what data they specifically have access to. And, on top of that, enable you know additional orchestration capabilities so that if someone is accessing data that you know maybe they shouldn't be, we can automatically detect, block, disable, notify the SOC, 
So um, I think how we're doing it today is we're doing the best we can. I think we have great plans in place to to make that more effective, but it is an area that we're focused on um, to to really implement that. And it's it's a big part of our zero trust strategy. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's one of our constant conversations that we're always focused on the shiny thing. You know, the, in this case, it's AI, but the cloud, whatever the shiny thing is, mobile, social. But the funny thing is, is like all of that is so dependent on the data. And the funny thing is like AI is basically just data. I mean, it's just we're applying algorithms and we're applying all these methods to create and generate learning from it. But we can't do anything with the data. But the data is so unsexy. That's the thing about like all this stuff is so glamorous. And so people are like, I don't want to be bothered with data governance. And uh, this this is like brushing my teeth and losing weight. Who wants to do that? Give me the candy, you know? So, uh, well, that's just the reality. So getting people's attention is a hard thing, you know? That's been one of the biggest challenges. And it's your data is the most important thing that we manage it. That's what we use to make all of our decisions, right? And it's, you're right. It's, it's, it's never seemed to be a real priority. It's like some, like you said, cloud, you know, cloud, when, you know, cloud first came out, oh, we're moving to the cloud. We're like, okay, but what about our data? <laughs> you know, what well, shouldn't we focus on this first? You know, AI, AI is the, is a great example. Everyone now is like, we got to get to AI. We got to do that. I, you know, but it's like, what about our data? Yeah. So it's, it's a great point. It, I don't understand why, but it's never really seemed to be a, a priority for some reason. Well, we're all work. We're all working hard to to make it uh, the 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 more interesting part of the story, and I think that's what these conversations with folks like you are so in, important because you can hear firsthand about these experiences. And I think actually that's a great little uh, segue to my next question, which is uh, advice. You know, what advice or best practices, given all this experience you've had, specifically around zero trust? I know we've been talking a lot about data in general, but you know, sure. can think about data and zero trust based on your experiences in trying to implement and further the implementation of zero trust? Yeah. So my advice is number one, educate yourself as much as you can to, to really understand it. Do everything you can to educate your, your IT staff across your organizations again, so that they understand what you're really doing. You know, there's so many myths out there about zero trust and, you know, don't, don't get caught up in the zero trust marketing hype. I think Number one, I've, we very much value our partnership with our vendors, right? If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be able to achieve these, you know, these zero trust goals that we have. But zero trust is also a very effective marketing tool today. So I think sometimes people get wrapped up in, well, zero, man, this company is offering this zero trust solution. Focus on the principles. Educate yourself, your IT staff on the principles so that you're all on the same page. Develop a, a, a vision that you're all going to march towards and work on your strategies. Um, you know, the other the other um, thing I'll say is you, you may not necessarily have to buy a bunch of new technologies. Look at your existing technologies that you have today. Leverage those as best you can to, and incorporate zero trust principles into those. Uh, if you do need to invest in new technologies, there's a there's a lot of ways that, you know, because funding is always a challenge in federal government. Um, there's a lot of ways now that are a lot of things that are available to you to help. The CISA CDM program has been a blessing to the Department of Interior. We've leveraged that over the years to implement uh, enterprise capabilities that we're using now for zero trust. If you if there's something you need, talk to CISA, see what they have available. They may have something they can help you out. Um, OMB has been very supportive. We put in, you know, we we knew zero trust was coming for a while, so we put in appropriation request to OMB that 
they they approved it. Uh, Congress approved it. I, and we are now using that funding to support our efforts. Align yourself with your, your CPIC organization as well, because it's very important for, for your, you know, your department to ensure that you are planning for the future for zero trust. Uh, be, one of the reasons, obvi- well, obviously one of the reasons is you need to ensure that you're funding for these future technologies initiatives. But the other thing is a lot of people are leveraging the TMF fund, the Technology Modernization Fund for Zero Trust, which is great. Uh, it's a great way to, to, to jumpstart, get some initial funding, but that's one-time money. Um, you have, you know, generally you have to pay all of it or some of it back. So yeah, leverage TMF to get your initial funding in place, but at the same time, work with your C your CPIC managers so that you're planning long term for how you're gonna how you're gonna continue funding these opportunities as well as um make sure that you're able to pay back that funding in the future. So those those are some of the key things. There's pro- I know there's probably several other things I'm forgetting, but again, for me, it's all about starting with understanding zero trust, educating all of your IT professionals across the board, and having a, a unified vision for your agency uh, on zero trust. Well, those are great insights. And definitely for people who may not be as far along on their zero trust journey as you, hopefully they, you know, found that really impactful. And I think everybody, what's nice is, you know, that you do have this community of practice and that folks can share with each other what they're doing so that everybody can collaboratively learn together. Because at the end of the day, yes, you're at DOI, but I think we want all of government to be secure, <laughs> no matter what agency you're in. Absolutely. And that that was one other thing I wanted to add, because um, especially for zero trust leaders across the agency. So, and, and I, pre- I really appreciate CISA's efforts here. They have built the federal zero trust community of practice, which I'm a member of, I go to every meeting. I speak up on every meeting. You know, some people sit there quietly, but I I like to engage. I have I have met and built relationships with several people in different agencies. We meet together. We talk about our zero trust implementations. I've learned so much from these other. There are some really smart you know people out there leading these initiatives. I have learned so much from these people. Uh, I hope they've learned something from our organization as well. And so. We are we are always open to engage with any federal agencies to talk about zero trust, share share our, you know, share our stories, and you know, see if we can help each other out. All right, well, that's great to hear. And this has been such a wonderful podcast and discussion. We always wrap up our podcast with asking all of our guests the same final question because you're able to pull in your own unique experiences and provide your own, you know, spin on your answer. What do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? Well, I'll focus on zero trust because that's the program I'm managing. My hope is in the future for zero trust that it's it's not a separate initiative where people are, hey, we got a whole separate ZT PMO, but zero trust is just part of our daily practices. Where we're we don't, you know, I, I'm not, I won't be, they won't need a zero trust program manager. It's just part of everything we do on a regular basis. It's just IT, IT as usual. Yeah, of course, zero trust is part of that. You know, I, I really, you know, hope to see that, you know, some point in the future where it's like, uh, Lou, we don't need you as a program manager anymore because zero trust, it's just part of what we do. I think that's ultimately where we need to go. Um you know, the, the other thing and the other thing I think I'd like to see, which is broader than zero trust, is more federal wide capabilities, you know, because 
one of the things I think about like SASE, everyone in federal government right now is trying to implement a SASE solution, right? And it's like, why why can't we have one enterprise SASE solution that we all use? And I, I know there's a lot of obstacles obstacles to that. I've, you know, email's another one, right? Everyone's always said, you know, said, why can't we have one federal email system? There's a lot of obstacles to, to that based on the way things are funded and everything like that. But God, I hope one day we 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 could achieve that as a as a as a, a federal government to say, hey, there's no reason we're all using pretty much a lot of us are pretty much using the same email system. I you know I won't call it out. A lot of us are using the same SASE solution. Why don't we all just use a, a, a single federal wide enterprise system? So the, those are the things I I'm hoping for. Would like to see hopefully before I retire uh, that those things could, could happen. It's interesting. And actually, we've been having some conversations about this. There's actually an interesting little tension between trying to centralize things and have a single system that does stuff and federate things. Because on the one hand, you gain some simplification, as we say, the single throat to choke with the centralization. But then you put all your eggs in one basket. I'm probably mixing a whole lot of metaphors here. So I guess one basket to choke. But <laughs> so so there's like a little push and pull because sometimes it's a vendor who wants to be that centralized solution. Next thing you know, you got lock-in. So, you know, it, I think this is these are the these are the conversations we constantly have in IT. It's kind of funny. Right. No matter what decade we're in, it's like these conversations, you know? <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah, there's and there's 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 pros and cons to both both approaches, right? We have the same conversations within the Department of Interior because we're a federated environment. All of our bureaus and offices have unique missions, right? And so it, there's there's a balance. It's it's hey, we you know we and you know the National Park Service, we know our mission. We need to make sure that we're managing these things, incorporating these technologies. But on the other hand. You know, a lot of these are just commodity IT services. Do you really need a special email system to, to for your mission? So it's definitely a balance and a challenge. The all eggs in one basket, I hear that a lot too. It's like, whoa, <laughs> what if something happens to that company? What's going to happen? You know, that's yeah, these are risks that we need to need to think about. But what are the what are the benefits, right? So Exactly. Trade-offs, as I always say. So this has been fantastic. I mean, hey, yeah. obviously we could go on for hours here. Yeah. I think let's, keep, let's keep going. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> well, I, well, I want to thank all of our listeners. And for our listeners who may be in the D.C. area, you might be aware that we are actually running in-person events. We do have our Gov Future Forum event. And, well, the timing might be such that this podcast may or may not happen on or after the date. But if you are listening to us or you want to see hear a little replay, we are uh, going to be having Lou Eichenbaum at our uh, Gov Future Forum DC event, our special December event in partnership with Tech Duels. You can find more information about that on the Gov future site gutfuture.com slash events uh but i just want to thank lou again you've been so amazing with sharing your insights and your experiences with our listeners yeah and i want to thank you guys really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you share doi's message and you know hopefully yeah if there's folks out there that want to engage with doi please do we're happy to happy to talk with you share some ideas and um and again thank you guys so much really appreciate it yeah, thank you. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to subscribe so that you can get notified of all of our upcoming episodes and interviews that we have lined up. Also, please make sure to rate us as well. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. 
If you're not already a member, I encourage you to become a member of GovFuture so you can take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, opportunities to collaborate with different government agencies, exclusive access to events and resources, and a platform to have a voice in shaping the future of government innovation. To learn more and to sign up, go to govfuture.com slash join, and we will also link to that in the show notes. We also have additional resources if you're looking to get insight into the range of technology and topics that we discussed on today's podcast and other topics as well. You can go to govfuture.com slash resources to check out all of our resources, books, courses, checklists, explainer explainer videos, webinars, and more. Uh, it's tailored just for you, our GovFuture listeners at govfuture.com slash resources, and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators, go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.